Hi, this is Vanessa Sunshine. Hi, this is Alicia. Hi, I'm Georgia Love. I'm Osha Ginsberg. If you're listening to the sound of my voice, you are on the Bachelor of Hearts podcast. What do you do with an arts degree? I'm still not sure I know. I skipped three years worth of lectures just to binge watch awful shows. There must be some scholarship for accruing worthless knowledge. It's my only talent, honey. That and losing money. Let your excess hex debts rest and then just join us while we start on our bachelor. Welcome back to the Bachelor of Hearts podcast, the Bachelor Australia podcast that asks the question, Zavi, what happened last week? <laughs> Can we remember? Walking up a tunnel of desperation into a batchy bedroom of sadness is Xavier Rebetsky Noonan. Xavier, you were sick this week. Yeah, um, I have been unwell. Um, that's the, like the probably the primary reason that this episode is running so late. Uh, I had several days of really, really bad voice times. I've been like, it's been, it's been okay, but like you know, nobody would have wanted to listen to what I had going on uh, over the weekend in the last few days. So um, thank you for your patience. I went like I, I got I finally got to get a COVID ch- uh, test. How'd you go? Um, well. It was a bit weird. It's it's a fun feeling, isn't it? Where they're like, put your throat out, and you're like, I don't know quite how to do that. And then they're like, put your nose up, and you're like, again, confusing. So here's what happened to me when I got my COVID test. Please. Is the doctor put his finger up my nose, uh-huh. and then he like pulled it out, and then he put it in his mouth, and he like swirled his tongue around, and he was like, mm, it tastes okay. But I'll, you know, and then he was like, I'll text you later. It was like a really, it felt kind of unprofessional. Where was it that you went? Um, it was like near the hospital. Uh-huh. But. They often set up those wings to the side. So it sounds yeah, like this is legit. It, it was like outside the hospital in like a, t- it was like near a tent sort of situation. I get you. And would you describe it like, as like a professional marquee or would you describe it as more of a swag? It was like, yeah, it was like big enough for like one to two people comfortably. Uh Um, And it seemed like maybe they'd had a little bit of trouble getting all the tent poles aligned correctly. And I was lucky that it wasn't too... Well, I mean, yeah, of course. And they're under-resourced and that kind of thing. But I was lucky there wasn't any kind of like strong breeze or anything like that. Well, look, it is Swag City here on the Bachelor of Hearts (laughs) podcast. The other thing that happened during my COVID test, this is true, this this fucked me up, is that they were like, obviously, while you're waiting to get your results back, you have to self-isolate, right? Yep. Like, you have to, don't go to the shops on the way home. And I was like, oh, cancel my trip or whatever. <laughs> but then he was also like, while you're waiting for the results, you shouldn't share a room with your girlfriend. Because he was like, do you live with people? Like, do you live with family? Whatever. And I was like, oh, it's me and my housemate and my girlfriend. Yep. Um, he was like, you shouldn't spend the night together one of you, if it's possible, you guys should be in separate rooms. And I was like, 
Nice try, Doctor. Mm. I don't think she's interested in you. <laughs> and even if she was, I don't think you should go snooping in around on Getting all our business. You know, business. yeah. So it was a very unprofessional thing. But luckily, I did get my results back this morning, and I don't have COVID. So well, I'm look, feeling that good. Is fantastic news, and I'm so sorry that Evie and the Doctor are now shacked up. I'm very happy for him. Whatever <laughs> makes whatever makes her happy. Uh, listeners, the other thing that I want to keep track of this episode is that I went out to the store before and store before, that's fun. And I bought a single beer and it is an 8.7% alcohol beer. Oh my God. I did not realize that I had done that when I purchased it. And we're just going to see what happens, listeners. Um, here's something interesting. Yeah. I went to the store and purchased two beers and they're each 4.2%. So oh, shit. What you've got is just like a double strength situation, essentially. All right. Well, look, uh, double the strength, double the fun here on the Bachelor of Hearts podcast. And that's what we have this season on the Bachelorette, isn't it? <sighs> double the Bachelorettes. And who were they? So, okay. So here's the thing. And it's kind of a bit, but also it's kind of true that we all collectively watched this on television over... Over a week ago? A week ago. At this point, exactly a week ago. We're right. recording half past eight Thursday night. Right. Um, I watched it. <laughs> yep. But it was Max's turn to do notes for this episode. And so I was like, cool. Just delete, you know, <laughs> just put that on the back burner. Don't have we'll, to remember it. Right. We'll, we'll be fine. I'll have a lot of sense memory to go through. And, I, you know, we've been doing this podcast for a long time. I'll rely on my natural podcasting reflexes. Your instincts. Right, exactly. This will come right from the gut. Well, this is the thing. This episode kind of, these two episodes kind of put the stink in instincts, didn't they? <laughs> I mean, I've seen worse episodes from this season. Yeah. From what I can recall. Isn't that bad? I So, firstly, I thought that the second to last episode was utterly bizarre, and we'll get to it. Very strange. Um, And then the finale, I was I was let down, man. Mm. Like, mm. I, I wanted Ellie to get together with Joe. I thought that was the only outcome that was going to be satisfying. Mm. I thought that everything that was presented of Fraser was like... I, I don't see a universe in which Fraser and I have anything in common... I don't see mm. a universe where I could sit down at a party and talk to that guy. And so I was on t- I was on Team Joe. I was really here for the boy from Newcastle to get with the girl from Newcastle. Yeah, I guess this is the thing that, that we'll probably talk about most on this episode is that I still had the feeling that despite the fact that I like Joe more and despite the fact that I feel like Joe and what's her name? <laughs> Ellie. <laughs> yeah, are a better pair, like a better match. Uh-huh. I still don't think it makes a lot of narrative sense for him to end up with her. Okay. So I had this sort of internal battle of being like, I know that Fraser is not interesting to me. Yeah. But it has to be someone other than Joe. And it's almost, if I can make a really pretty poor metaphor that we probably shouldn't get too far into, the US election. Okay. (laughs) Happened this week. And there were a couple of big dogs up there at the podiums trying to get all the votes, right? Sure. One of them, I really don't like. Uh Uh-huh. And the other one, I'm not crazy about, but he's not that first guy. Yeah. So I'm having this same kind of thing with Fraser and Joe, 
or at least with the narrative around them, I don't dislike either of these guys. I don't think either of them are akin to a, a dictatorial tyrant. Sure. Um, but I think that I like Fraser because he is capital N, not capital J, Joe. Interesting. And I love Joe. And I still, like, that's the, the struggle is that I like Joe. I like that couple better. But as someone who is watching a season of a TV show who wants a satisfying narrative to play out, I'm not very invested in the person that you already knew. Like, we saw this with Sophie Monk. It was so boring. It was. It was super boring. But now we've, I guess we've seen the other side of the coin. And for me, this was less satisfying. It was more of a letdown. And I, I'm here with you. I would be right on the train of it doesn't need to be Joe mm. if the other side of the coin was remotely interesting. And that's the thing with Fraser is that he might be the nicest man in the world. He is terrible television and there was nothing in his narrative with Ellie to convince me that they would be good together in the future. This is my. Do you want my impression of Fraser? Please. Yeah, I find, I and she's pretty fun. Yeah, and um, that is and true. She was, she's fucking good. So that is true. I mean, I, I can't, I cannot debate you on that. And then there were so many factors where it was like the show really tried to set us up to lead us down this garden path of it's not going to be Fraser for all right. of these reasons that you can see. Yeah. And the tweet that we had that went batchy viral was about how all of these things with Joe just lined up. Right? Friends yes. with the same people, same interests, live near each other, the whole bit. And then mm. there's Fraser, who lives in Queensland, isn't willing to move. His mum runs his life. Tattoo of a chain around his... I'm recapping the tweet. But yeah, that's like, a problem. Yeah. Do you, do you know what I mean, though? Like, the whole thing is just, like, it's it's befuddling to me because I, I feel... Unju- it feels unjust. I agree. I think this is a structural issue in the sense that over the course of a normal se- season of Batchy, and particular with Bachelor, which mm. is a longer season, it is interesting and fun to create one image of a person and then at the last minute make you doubt it a little bit. Yeah. So that when you're watching the finale, you're like, fuck, well, it really could be either. And, you know, like they, they sow the seeds of doubt or if it's done well, like these even call back to things that were set up earlier. They're not just sprinkled in last minute. Right. But I think what we're dealing with here is yet another symptom if you will, I went to the doctor. Um, now everything's about doctors. Um, doctor fucked my girlfriend. Um, I think this is another symptom of the season being too short. Yeah. And yeah. so therefore we're not able to actually set up the expectations that are then being flipped. Right. And so what you have at the end is just like, oh, well, this guy's probably... Like, now that we're finally learning some things about Fraser, it turns out Fraser's not that good of a pick. And then she picks Fraser. Right. And so this is the thing where it's like, what is the point if you are constructing a TV show of doing the narrative that goes, Joe's the winner, Joe's the winner, Joe's the winner, Joe's the winner. Oops, Joe's not the winner. Hmm. I because wonder if they always knew it was going to be a reduced length. Uh, who knows? That's the other part of it. Like, this is one of those things. What kind of episode order do you have to fulfill? Yeah, this is one of those things that's kind of just a head scratcher, and we maybe will never know. Where it's 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 left to us to be over analytical and try and explain their decisions for them and how. But like, they've gotten away with it. You know, at the end of the mm-hmm. day, like. It, they will benefit from everyone forgetting about how poorly this did, and they will have another season, and then this will just 
But it's like, you know, <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying here. Essentially, we're writing a history. Yeah. Well, look, it's an incredibly forgettable season with an ending that doesn't matter. And it's made worse because there were no compelling men on the show since the second episode. Mm. And also, one of the couples has already split up and the other one is like, oh, everyone's got their doubts about it. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about the Becky and Pete side of things. Here's the thing. We're recording an episode a week late. We might as well... There's no, like, we're not going to... No one's spoiling anything for anyone here. If anyone ever cared... If anyone ever cared about this... Yeah. They've done their bit by now. Right, right. You have the internet, listeners. Yeah. Here you are on it, listening to us talk over it. Becky and Pete I wonder if anyone... I do wonder, actually, and I was wondering in the back of my mind, as we were waiting for the results of the US election to finally be declared... Uh Uh-huh. I was having the same feeling about, I wonder, because we've had a couple of people write into the show and say, I'm no longer watching this boring season of television. You are the way that I'm hearing about it. And my this guilt is the conduit. Yes. for being sick and just ruminating on this stuff and being like, fuck, we still haven't done a podcast. It was manifesting as like, maybe there's someone out there who somehow still doesn't know. And they're like, come on, Bachelor of Hearts podcast, get to the point, you know, tell me what happens. I think they know the outcome, but I don't think they know the truly insane way in which we got there. Yeah. That to me is, particularly with this first episode, the crux of everything that is happening here. And I wonder if now is as good of a jumping off point as any for The Bachelorette Australia season six, episode nine. And the first thing to note here is definitely the music, Xavi. How would you Mm -hmm. describe the sound of a traditional batchy bachelorette opener well i mean it can it can take many modes i guess there are mm-hmm. many moods that they will try and set i think particularly towards the end of the season they'll try and ramp things up a little bit or they'll try and be a little bit dramatic yeah you're absolutely right in saying that it feels like towards the end of the season what we're going to try and achieve is is drama is that fair Absolutely. I mean, this is a second last episode. Right. We've really got to build things to fever pitch so that we care the most about all of these important and interesting characters. But this is almost jazzy, right? Like, I thought the piano was a really interesting choice. And then it kind of veers back into, like, more of this, like, operatic uh, Ode to Joy territory. Definitely quirkier than what we're used to for the intro of this show. I love taking your word for it. I'm like, I truly... (laughs) (laughs) What this feels like, because normally it feels like we're trying to be as current as possible. What this feels like is Max has unearthed some ancient tomb. Like he has broken (laughs) into, like, you know, like Nathan Drake in Uncharted or whatever. Yeah. He's like... He's like found some dusty old tome and he's blown the dust off the cover and he's creaked it open. And he's like, hmm, it's these scrolls read that uh, if I translate the ancient runes, uh, there was jazzy music at the start of the episode. There was a jazz piano to be mm-hmm. heard. And mm-hmm. almost instantly we're knee deep in family time. And exactly as you say, I have to tell you so much of this felt and still feels unfamiliar to me. First of all, who is Robert? Have we been, have we introduced this man yet this season? <laughs> it's nobody called Robert. Are you sure? Uh, is there... I mean, I'm looking at the cast list. Here's the other thing, is that I was so unconfident in my own ability <laughs> to do this <laughs> podcast this evening that I have the cast list open still on our finale episode. All right, so look, Robert really seems to be quite a prominent character here. Like, he's 
capturing the camera lens, cracking joke after joke as he and the family laugh over Thanksgiving dinner. Okay, I'm starting to... Because we're getting to the family stuff a bit later in this episode, I yeah. think, right? It's the second episode of Hometowns. Yeah. So I don't remember we jump right into it. Well, so it's at this time that we're introduced to the central figure in this episode, Marie, mother of Robert and Ray, wife of Frank, and mother-in-law to Deborah. And as best as I can tell what's happened here is that uh, Deborah is the new woman that they brought in to replace Ellie and Becky, and it's now through this lens of Deborah and Marie that we will explore this deeply complicated Barone family dynamic through this episode. Right. So, uh, I don't... I th- I th- I was pretty sure that I watched mm-hmm. The Bachelorette this week. Oh, me too. And I'm thinking back on that first episode and... It's not really ringing a bell. Well, this is the thing that I found so striking. Like, it's a bold choice from production to pull a switcheroo like this. Completely. You know what's crazy is I feel like if I saw that, I probably would remember it. So this is this is it. Like through eight episodes of a Bachelorette season, they're like, I'm gonna switch it up. We're gonna do it. But I personally, I reward the gamble for for from what I saw. Yeah. Do you, are you here for production taking a big swing, Xavier? Oh, man. I mean, I'm so on board because I, it has felt like they've felt like, you know, they, they needed to play things a bit safe this season. Uh-huh. They're working with less episodes. They're working in constricted, you know, geography and they've got social distancing and all these new methods and that sort of thing. Yeah. There's a lot of that stuff to keep in mind. So anything that they can do that will, within those uh, limits, I guess, yeah. still... Bring out the creativity and the excitement and bring something fresh to the franchise. Like, I'm, I'm totally there for. And that's kind of it. Like, the, we got to this point where they were like, look, this clearly isn't working for episode nine. So what we're going to do is we're going to switch out all the characters. We're going to instead set this in New Jersey somewhere. The crux of the episode is that Deborah has been invited to cook turkey tortellini with Marie by Robert's drunk wife, Amy, much to the chagrin of both Deborah and Marie. And initially, obviously, Deborah refuses, saying privately that being in the kitchen with Marie is like being in the belly of the beast. Am I right? <laughs> I mean, it can be like that. Controversial. I mean, I don't, I'm not very familiar with these characters. I have to tell you, I, I still don't really remember seeing this on TV, but already I'm like, I've been in a situation like that before, you know, talk to me about it. Well, I mean, like, you know, if you're meeting a uh, loved one's family for the first time, or even if you know them pretty well, mm. Because we're talking about hometowns here. Talking about hometowns. Um, we're talking about high-pressure situations. Right, exactly. And we're dealing with stress. We're dealing with, uh, you know, there is often a member of another person's family who wants to grill you or even roast you with their flame-like breath. That's kind of exactly what happened here. Like, Was, it, was it Belly of the Dragon or Belly of the Beast? I it can't was Belly of the Beast, but that's fine. Okay, well. And you're exactly right. We've seen hometown dates go quite wayward before like just recently i'm sure we saw adrian's brother jados turn up the heat on becky firstly for not having a good enough dog and secondly by saying that he'd done some internet research on her sounding every part the conspiracy theorist in the process (laughs) now that actually weirdly enough that actually does ring a bell to me Hmm. did you find it a bit heavy-handed from marie here what what she says is um I don't know why nobody ate your dinner rolls, Deborah. 
the burn part gives them some flavor. Was this hostile? <laughs> Look, I mean, that's kind of just in her character uh, as from the two sentences I've heard about her up to this point. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, it, it, when it comes to hometowns, you have to put on a show. You yeah. have to be an entertainer. You have to show your best side and you have to cook something that you know is going to go well. And honestly... The Bachelor is there looking for red flags. If you're not, I mean, honestly, it it sounds petty. You know what I mean? It sounds like we shouldn't be so worried about whether or not somebody should cook, can cook. Yes. But also, it's not that hard. It's the same thing with Shannon not knowing how to mop a floor. It's like we should be we should be looking, keeping an eye out for these things. These are environments of natural-born television hostility, and the way that Deborah decides to deal with this is to simply ignore Marie's insults and change up her reactions. What's happening with her face and body instead? Smile and nod. Maybe it'll stop. Xavi, we've seen people on this show before in the hometown situation try to kill him with kindness. I'm thinking about how just recently we saw Becky respond with kind of like a wink and a smile to a bunch of like broy and baseless accusations from Adrian's brother Jados uh, about going in search of Instagram <laughs> followers and, uh, you know, not being genuine in her pursuit of love instead of fame. And also we got a bit of this from Ellie in her hometown date with Fraser, wherein we learn that Fraser's mum runs his life and won't let him leave Brisbane and follow his heart to find love. Mm. What mm. do you think when a contestant tries out a tactic like this on The Bachelorette? I admit this is a bizarre alternate universe episode this is, though, the show that we all watched all this week. Correct. What do you think when a contestant really tries to, to kill him with kindness? Well, I mean, you know, there are, a lot of, there are a lot of different plays you can make at this point in the competition. And I don't want to make a sports metaphor because it's gonna, I'm just going to run into trouble. I don't understand how most sports work. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I don't uh, think that's a sports strategy. Wait, to do what? Kill him with kindness. Wait, what was the thing I said? I think that. Oh, okay. Well, uh, yeah. <laughs> most sports don't involve killing people, except perhaps the most dangerous game of all. Um, yeah. Yeah, I guess um, I was... I was. I can't remember what the question is. I was intrigued by the uh, allegation that perhaps the Bachelorettes on this season may be doing this just to gain fame. Yeah. Just to get a lot of eyeballs and that sort of thing. Because it's like, girl, have you seen the fucking ratings? Do you know what how this is rating? <laughs> it is not working out that way, I'm afraid. Right. And we're four seasons into this thing. What do you think of what do you think of Deborah's plight here? Is she in it for fame? Look, I mean, Deborah, I think no matter what she does, she's gonna get a lot of um interested parties. I think she's just like Got that magnetism, got yeah. that charisma that, like, I don't think she even needs to think about it, honestly. And whatever, you know, that that will chase her no matter what she does, you know. But I don't necessarily think that that's motivating her. I don't think she's coming here for it. And I think that's especially true in the way that we watch this manifest. So, Deborah accepts the invitation to cook the tor turkey tortellini with Marie and drunk As you Amy. Would. Mm. Even she volunteers her house for the cooking to take place. And that's exactly where we cut to. Deborah, Marie, drunk Amy in the kitchen for the classic Bachelorette messy date. Oh, this is, well, this is perfect. You know, 
that this means that we're going to break down some barriers together. Mm-hmm. You know, we're going to really get to know each other and we're going to enjoy an activity together. I'm so reminded of these classic batchy, messy dates that this show has proffered in the past. Often it does come with this similar kind of combination of characters and the expectation that someone will be the winner and particularly in this hometown era like what if they don't like the meal what if someone ends up with flour all over them we saw Rocky and Bella last season get caught in a kiss right we saw Becky and Sam earlier this season have a messy date Kristen and Matt Agnew Adrian and Becky as well when the show cuts back to its regular timeline for the finale episode we'll get there that is a, a, a very strange structural move for the show. And so what we've got here is Deborah Marie Drunk Amy, classic messy date. Who would you say the winner was, Dave? Deborah Marie and Drunk Amy is one of my favourite recent Weezer songs, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> uh, look, I mean, from my memory of this episode, which, as I've said, a little hazy. It is a long time ago. I don't know. Here's the thing. Maybe I just, like, drank too much or something. I can't. I actually can't remember most of these events, characters, or settings. Who can Um, at this point? It's only because I've got it written down. Yeah. Well, I'm really glad you took those notes because they are really, like, anchoring me to time and place. Um, And You're so welcome. Can I I just ask? Yep. When you do the notes for this podcast, do you keep them in, like, their own folder? Or is there, like, is there some, like, overlap between that and, like, other notes that you might have Um, on your computer? No, they all go in in the one folder called um, Maxi Boys Fun TV Time. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And that has um, all of that has all of my. It's mostly just bat. I mean, obviously, this is the only podcast you do. The so it's like mostly just yeah, yeah. It's mostly just batchy stuff, I think. Yeah, but I was I was looking at it, and I was I feel like I was tuned to the right TV channel. I mean, I was writing this as I was watching it, so I don't mm. understand what could have gone wrong. Are you sure? Yeah. You, so you don't remember very much of this at all? I honestly am now, like, feeling a little bit ashamed that because we are doing a service to our listeners mm. and I take this podcast very seriously. I know, I know. Especially, and like, I, it sounds like I'm kidding because obviously sometimes we do some things on this show that are a little bit frivolous. Frivolous, but like, silly. Unexplainable. Yeah. <laughs> Risky? Uh, but like but also i mean like you know we we are doing a service this is what we've said since the beginning of our podcast Mm. we've been doing it for a long time and i think we've set up an expectation so i am disappointing myself to admit that i actually don't remember what do you think what was the the man's name robert robert yeah yeah See, I don't remember. I mean, there's there was a Rudy. Are you sure it's not him? Rudy was on the show. I remember yeah. him. And yeah. then so so basically, what I'm proposing, an Italian guy. Yeah, the, you might. Mr. Italy. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 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 Along yeah. with Mr. Polynesia Shannon. So this is the thing. This is why I thought this was so brave and so interesting from the show. Oh, it's is bold. That we have this clearly established timeline, and everyone's like, "Cool, we're going along." The narrative, questionable as it is, is at least following some sort of cohesive path. And then we get to episode nine. It's almost like if you were to look at our podcast. Yeah. And you went, you know, most of the episodes of this (laughs) series have been 
all about one thing with characters yep. I can follow. Yep. No, like, long, weird, overarching bit. That... Nope. Followed a clear narrative thread. Yeah, exactly. It's pretty simple to work out what they're doing and also why. That's correct. Yeah. And to extend the metaphor, mm. I don't know why Marie did what she did. No. And I'm not even sure what it is yet. Right. And so this is the thing. She criticizes Deborah's cooking and her mm. ironing, obviously integral bachelorette skills, cooking and ironing, because it's the fucking 1950s. How aggressive well, and upsetting was this? That is, I mean, that, that, here's the thing. With one hand, we uh, we say congratulations and thank you for giving us this uh, genre-breaking, um, you know, trip outside the norm. But on the right. other hand... We're being so regressive. We're taking a step back, you know, and it's like... It's almost like we're in 1996. Right, exactly. Well, I mean, the world has changed a lot in the past, like, let's say, you know, roughly 24 years. Okay, we can give it that. We can give the yeah. world that. Um, And so, obviously, times have changed these days, and you would hope that we would not just be revisiting something arbitrarily... That mm. feels like it's this page out of so long ago. I know, I know. And the way that these people deal with their emotions being so different to the way that we would want to frame things in the year 2020. And I think that's really true of the way that Deborah puts her tactic into play here. Remember, she's trying to kill Marie with kindness. Mm-hmm. And so what she says is, whatever you say, Marie, I'm just happy to be here. You're the master. And it is like we are watching Marie melt like butter in the microwave for 20 seconds on medium god it was so nice much in the same way as we see ellie melt into adam's arms on the surfing hometown date well that was i mean that was nice and i'm sure i remember it that is yeah it's it's one of those things that um (laughs) it's sort of like a weird memory like like almost like a peripheral memory almost like i dreamed it or i had some sort of psychic medium experience but what i remember more specifically about it is that not only did they have the beautiful surfing date and the cuddle, then Ellie, as I recall of this, mercilessly sent Adam home and chose the human embodiment of a red brick <laughs> instead, causing some <laughs> podcasters and recappers to react in strange and unpredictable ways. Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> I don't know exactly what you might mean by strange and unpredictable, though. Well, look, you know how it goes. We all saw it. Marie pushes harder and harder. Deborah leans into it further and further. And finally, mm. Marie pushes the right buttons. Deborah gets upset. Marie gets upset. This one scene goes on for like eight minutes, and it's eight unbroken minutes of the wow. one shot of pure condescension before ultimately nothing is resolved. It's kind of like the Ari and uh, Lauren, like that unbroken that whole sequence thing. from yes. the US Bachelor right. a couple of years ago. And it's a weird note to leave it on. And again, I do just want to touch on what a weird thing it was for the show to do, to shoehorn what felt a lot like Season 4, Episode 9 of Everybody Loves Raymond into the middle of their run of episodes in this season with no context. Now, what's that? So, okay, Everybody Loves Raymond was this show that I think it only had a short run and it it must have been in the late 90s and early 2000s. Sitcom Mm. starring... Ray Barone. What's Ray's real name? Romano. <laughs> you actually don't know his real name. 
There's a lot of bits flying around here, but you, you not knowing Ray Romano's name is one of the more it's unexpected pretty good. ones. It's pretty good. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm here for it. But look, mm-hmm. I yeah, look, I just I thought this was avant-garde and stupid. And as <laughs> as soon as it happened, I was like, I can't wait to talk to Xavier about this on the podcast. Yeah, with him yeah. in the full knowledge that we've both watched the same thing and we'll have a lot to break down. Absolutely, yeah, and with us having talked about it quite a lot beforehand, so I knew what was going on. Definitely, and yeah, look, there are a couple of other things that I think that I might have missed in here in this recap. Just thinking back, I'm wondering if maybe I uh, can get instant reactions from you, please. <laughs> sure. Why okay. Not? All right. Uh, the bit where Ellie says that being with Fraser is like walking on concrete for a week and then taking a step onto some soft, fresh grass. <laughs> I mean, did that happen? I actually, that actually I'm in this weird, I'm in this weird, like, liminal space where I truly... <laughs> I, I swear... can tell you anything at this point. You could! I promise you that I watched this show. I'm feeling so strange right now. I've never felt like this on... A recorded media before. Oh, I love it. I've broken your brain. What about the bit where Fraser's mum takes Ellie away to a breakout room on Zoom and she's like, it's really weird that you're going on dates with multiple blokes. And, you know, Z- look, this is one. In fact, I can answer this for you. I know that you happens. feel the same way. I remember that happening. Women's should not be allowed to do such a thing. Well, yeah. I mean, I disagree with women's. What? <laughs> <laughs> Got him. What about the bit where Lorraine basically says that Fraser moving states to be with Ellie is a non-starter? Did you like that? Where Lorraine says that? Yeah, Lorraine. Who is that? That's Fraser's mum. <laughs> yeah, Max, I thought it was good. <laughs> what about, okay, okay, what about this? What about the bit where... For the third time this season, a man tells Ellie that she is, quote, beautiful inside and out, as if it is an original thought. Mm. I don't know if they've seen her insides. Hard to say. There should be an x-ray date. <laughs> I'll put it out here. That's a way to spice up the season. I think that's a really good idea. Let's, I mean, particularly in pandemic era. True. You can Let's see be your innards. Yeah. From the inside out. They should. What if they had a date where they all got COVID tested? Because they're probably getting COVID tested anyway, but what if they just, like, fully leaned into it? I know. You know I what know. I mean? Fear of um, tongue depressors, suppressors. What are they? Right. Well, yeah. uh, like, you don't necessarily have to jump out of an airplane in order to experience some, like, terror. You can, They could just not. have to, like, confront the fact that th- there's a very serious thing going around mm. that is frightening to all of us. Mm. Even, like, obviously, it, I feel a bit bad to, making jokes about COVID because, like, it's affecting other people so much more seriously than you and I. Mm. Like, on an absolutely massive, massive scale. Oh, yeah. But also, like, the way that this show tiptoes around it, to me, while still sort of acknowledging it, it just creates this weird, like tension because we all know what's going on but they're not engaging with it no one's looking at this show as if it is not of a time and place and they are trying to create this like timeless romance for the ages between ellie and this man who communicates in grunts and it's right and i i think the only thing that might be motivating them to do that is so that it will hold up better in future for them to like stream yeah because it's not like they even air repeats of this like beyond the time that it's airing 
But I, I can only think, and they're not going to fucking release a DVD box set or anything. <laughs> like, the only thing I can think is that as 10 Play grows and as, you know, because they've been purchased by, like, CBS or whatever, they will eventually expand that out into... And I think there is already some level of paid subscription um, for the channel Some sort content. of 10 Play play or something? 10 plus play or something? I, I literally have no idea. All I can assume is that they want something that will be able to be watched in future. But even then, it's not like... like How far from now do you think we will all have forgotten that COVID ever happened? Oh, I, I don't, don't see that happening. I mean, So it, why look, not engage with the context in which the series is being filmed? And in the same way, how long do you think it'll be before we forget that Becky and Pete ever happened? Okay, let me answer that question with another question. Which one is that? <laughs> I got a few more. I got a few more. I got a few um, friends style the bit wears that I still need your instant reactions for. Okay, okay you excellent. For Having seen a lot of friends as well. Yeah, me too. Um, I'm definitely super across this. This is just the thing where every friends episode is called the one where dot dot dot. And what I've got done it. is I've changed it to be the bit where dot dot dot. Okay. Great. Hit me. The bit where Adrian's younger brother Tristan throws up the very rare left right combo double sharker demonstrating for you as he oh, says I, i'm catching good that. vibes yeah i actually thought that was very good i was like this guy is good on tv oh tristan's great he's got a dynamic smile mm. bring tristan in. tristan i feel like they must be shitting themselves realizing that he is more dynamic and interesting than a lot of the men on the show oh my god two brothers in the same right. cast can now, you imagine hang on now let's not be ridiculous you're right how would that ever work how would it ever work well? Well, <laughs> that's the golden question, isn't it? Okay, the bit where Adrian's family, who aren't the younger brother Tristan, are drinking Jim Beam and Cokes out of glass bottles, as if to say, yes, we are from Queensland. I did like this. I like, I like this a lot because it is astonishingly rare that we actually see what feels like a different segment of society. Oh, yeah. In this show, as much as as much as they will present, you know, uh, someone who's from Italy and someone who's from uh, New Zealand and yeah. some, you know, like essentially everybody kind of feels like they're the same. Like, I guess we're talking about class. I don't know class if I'm is that. Right. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't feel particularly well qualified. Like, I would not want to hear a guy who looks like me in my like socioeconomic group necessarily explaining this stuff. So I feel weird about talking about it, but okay. also, and especially when I'm like assuming that because they're drinking a, a pre-mixed Jim Beam and Coke, they're from a different class. <laughs> like that feels a bit, that I'm wandering, yeah. wan wandering no, into right. some icky territory. You are. But like, it does feel like you would not see somebody in the mansion drinking a pre-mixed Jim Beam and Coke. I mean, so the thing is that maybe you would, but the show would go to every length to hide it, right? Maybe that's true. We're in Queensland. That's that's just how it felt. You know what I mean? Like I was yeah. just like, cool. I know exactly where we are because I've, I don't know. I've seen so many people do this. Yes, of course, definitely. Yeah. Uh, what about the bit where um Adrian's brother Jados reveals that Adrian has just bought his own apartment? I, is that from? Is that's that from, from real? Yep. Is that from Friends? No. 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 <laughs> Yeah, okay. What about the bit where Brad Pitt and Elle McPherson? <laughs> Go on. I'm suddenly I'm suddenly more interested. 
That does impress me much. Yeah. Um, mm. So, interestingly, Adrian has also just bought his own antique steam-powered locomotive automobile with maxi- matching monocle. <laughs> Another one. <laughs> the bit where Ellie describes Adam as humble, beautiful, intelligent, and kind, and then later describes Joey as close to perfect and everything she's looking for in a man. And then, Xavier, who did she choose, please? Fraser. Fraser. Mm. The bit where Adam's sister Steph said... I just don't want him to be heartbroken again, even though the narrative is that Adam has never been in love. Yeah, that was weird. Wasn't it? I, know, I don't want him to be heartbroken again. Again? Why would you say that? What does He's that never mean? been in love, according to the show. Sometimes we do... I well, sometimes Okay, sometimes I do annoying little... Syntactically, I believe you'll find that <laughs> that implies that... But truly, like... That just means that they're lying about this narrative, right? Syntactically, I believe that you'll find that they're lying about this narrative. (laughs) The bit where Adam can't say I love you to Ellie, not because he's inexperienced in the language of love, but more because it's a failure of batchy parlance, you know? Like, I feel like, again, it would almost be cliche for us to pull out and highlight the, like, maybe I could see myself doing the deed of falling in love with uh, potentially you, but... Mm. That's sort of like what is expected of the people here and the absence of it was really notable. This was genuinely shocking in terms of all of the these relationships and all of these couples, successful or not, not a single one of them said, I love you. Yes. So strange. I... Which is something that we grow so used to at, at the end of this show. It's weird. It feels like it makes more sense in a way because I wouldn't necessarily believe... As far as my experience of love, Uh that, you know, like we've talked about this whole season, that it strains the credibility of the final declaration because it's a shorter timeline. Yeah. It has felt less actually sort of romantically charged from what we can tell. And like, while we might believe that there's a chance for these relationships in the long run, it doesn't feel like we're at that point at this part of the season. Right. And... Compare that against Lockie's season where there was all of that extra time for him to communicate and get to know the women over the course of the first lockdown period that we all experienced here in Australia. And you can see, even though at the end he made a huge tactical error in telling two women that he loved them, I don't doubt that he was probably in love with both of them. And so when it happened at the end, like his tears and his I love yous to both of them felt real. I can't believe how much more I like that previous season now that I've sat through this one. I know. Because I didn't think I liked it very much as it was happening. No. There was some stuff that was engaging me, and certainly I enjoyed the novelty of aspects of it at the time, but I didn't think that the actual... I mean, there, there were things about it that were just bugging me. Right. Which I couldn't sort of look away from. But now that I think back on that season, it is so much warmer than how I think about this one, which is just like... I, I I feel nothing. I am the neutral man. I'm Jeff Mangum. <laughs> good, good. In the... In Lockie's season, I feel like we were stripped of a couple of quality weeks of Ariba and Laura yeah. and that contingent of women who weren't going to make it all the way to the end anyway, but you get a few weeks closer to the end and that's when people start calling people dog cunts. Yes. And that's yeah. when it's good. Yeah, that's true. That's a great little chunk of the show. There we go. <laughs> I'm just feeling so nostalgic. 
This is what we missed out on this year. Well, here's the other thing that we're contending with by doing this podcast <laughs> very late. Uh-huh. We're also dealing with the fact that there's no Bachelor in Paradise. My friend Max and I have a podcast that we love doing together every week, and this is the last one for a while. This is going to be the last one that we get to do for a little bit. You and I are going to engage in separate creative projects, and that's going to be fun. Separate mm. creative projects together, obviously. Yes. Um, we will also try and find a reason to do more podcasts if we can find anything. Yeah, I, I don't know if you've ever watched that show, Everybody Loves Raymond. <laughs> <laughs> no, what's that? <laughs> anyway, later after Adam gets sent home, he says, Ellie is the most beautiful, lovely person I've ever met. I like Ellie. She made me feel pretty special. Say that. Mm. Mm. Say yeah, that to you her. Tell her that. She's not going to be upset to hear it. This, like, realistically, the people who are competing for her heart are the man who has already had sex with her and decided not to pursue her from Newcastle, and mm-hmm. the man whose communication form is... <clears throat> yeah. yeah. Imagine how melted. Imagine how beautiful she would feel if he said, you are the most beautiful, lovely person I've ever met. I like you. You make me feel pretty special. It's true. Joe has said maybe half of those things, and that's the reason that we think he's the better fit. Right. Essentially. Right. You know? and is that, that he has, after deciding that that's not true, he has been like, oh, maybe it is. It actually could be true. Let's go back. Yeah. I was watching Adam a- on the project. Oh, yeah. Um, He said he was already getting DMs from Bella Varelis. Really? Yeah. Do we ship okay. it? Okay. Uh, sure. Why not? Is he going to put a rock on that? <laughs> he is want to do that. Anyway, finally, we arrive at the finale, The Bachelorette Australia, Season 6, Episode 10. And we begin with beautiful Osher Ginsburg roaming the beautiful, nondescript farm and all the places they have been for these finales. So what country country is this in again? Let me recap. (laughs) We've been to South Africa. Yeah. We've been to Fiji. Yeah. Last year, we went to Byron Bay. Wait, why was that? Hard to say. Hard to say. We think it was budget. Yeah, okay. I don't remember that very well. Do you remember the one where they went to that weird beach with help written in the sand in big block letters? I do. (laughs) I want an investigative podcast about that. Maybe we should be that podcast in the offseason. How did that happen? That's a good good thing for us. And now... We'll literally just be like a true crime podcast. (laughs) Yeah, uh, who needed who needed that help? Mm. So, look, uh, here we go for the fucking steamboat date, which is for Ellie and Joe, and not for the man who turned up dressed as if he was about to board a steamboat. <laughs> the man who invented the steam engine. I was so disappointed. This felt like such a missed opportunity. And so what happens on the big steamboat is that Ellie and Joe are getting off the big steamboat and going into these little little baby boats, and we're going on a bit of a bloody paddle, eh, down the big bloody estuary. Absolutely, yeah. From the big paddle to the small paddle. <laughs> Should have stopped for a paddle pop. <laughs> and, fuck, it was actually pretty nice to watch these two dopes kind of be in love and, like, paddle and giggle and fall in, and this is this is one of those good job show moments where I felt like they felt like actual boyfriend and girlfriend. Yeah, this is pretty nice. This is like a little um, actual felt kind of intimate little moment. Yeah. I, it, it's the most that I've... Definitely the most that I've felt since the Adam Zoo date. And 
I will say I went to that zoo. Wait, did you actually? I saw that you posted a picture. I figured you had just found it on Google or something. Absolutely not. I went there last weekend. Did you do it for research or was it just like arbitrary? Wait, uh, how? Tell me the whole story of this. This is the most interesting thing. <laughs> the whole story of this is that um, a friend of the pod, Callan, uh, had a birthday and he wanted to go to the zoo for Ooh. his birthday. And fucked if we're going to Taronga during a pandemic. So oh, true. we went to Western Sydney Zoo. Yeah. And it ruled. It was so good. There were so hey. many lovely, beautiful animals, and the spaces that they were in were much more open and free than you would expect at a traditional zoo zoo. You know what's funny is that Evie and I were also talking about going to this zoo. Mm. Um, but then I think we Googled it and they didn't have... I can't remember what it was. She'll probably be able to tell me. She's probably screaming at her phone right now listening to this. Was it giraffes? Do they have... They have no, a they, giraffe. Of course they have a giraffe. We saw the giraffe on the television. It was beautiful. We loved the giraffe, yeah. Um, do they have sharks? Not an aquarium. No sharks, but let me tell you what they do have, Xavi. What's that? Barramundi. Ooh! That's fun. <laughs> the beautiful... Do you mean just at the cafe? Australian or? Rex Hunt fish. la da 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 He's back. Ugh. <laughs> oh. So, of this, Joe says, it was pretty magical just getting to stay in that moment with Ellie. I wanted to stay in that moment forever. I recall Jess Brody with Kieran out on the paddle boats in Bachelor in Paradise, sitting there being like, this is the most romantic moment that I'm always going to remember. What is it with this show and romantic (laughs) paddle boat dates? Well, I think there is now an association that I have made on a, a number of occasions between the paddleboard, the humble paddleboard, and the Bachelor in Paradise. Yeah. And I wonder, actually, now that I'm looking back on this, did, I want to say Ellie? (laughs) Did Ellie know that she was not going to pick Joe and therefore take him out on the paddleboard so that we could create an association between Joe and the paddleboard and start putting the fucking... Connecting yep. the dots. Yep. So he could get sent to the season of paradise. That's not happening. My son is also named Paddleboard. Ah. To that Surfboard. end. Surfboard. Uh, we end up back on a batchy couch and Ellie says to Joe. Did you say Ellie's sister, Joe? Ellie says to Joe. <laughs> okay. Because I'm like, I'm not clear on who the people <laughs> on this show are anymore. Ah, uh, good, good. You can tell that the 8.7% beer is doing its job. <laughs> so Ellie says to Joe, she says, it just feels like the real world. I can see it with you. And it's like, obviously, because you've been with Joe in the real world. That's why it feels like the real world. Yeah, it doesn't take a genius to work that out. But I also feel like it, it feels real because I th- thought that it was real. Mm. This is how the show the, the show got me. The show got me a good one. I was sitting there being like, I believe it. And I don't believe it with anybody else on this show. I believe this because it feels like it is real. As she's saying that it is. 
Yeah, it's also that thing of like, it would be very easy to fake this thing with someone you don't know very well, but I think it gets, well, I mean, very easy. I don't know if that's necessarily true. I've never been in that situation, but I feel like it becomes so much more complicated and difficult emotionally for you to try and bring someone through to the final stages of Bachelorette that you're not really that interested in if you already have a romantic past with that person. Yeah, It just doesn't make sense. You're doing yourself a lot of damage. You're doing the relationship and interaction a lot of damage it's just like what an awkward situation it's ugly and uncomfortable and difficult and this is why we send the good people home at three yeah exactly so but i think there is something real happening i think so too and that's that's what makes it really hard because like we sent adam who's also a good person home at three so what do you do with joe Mm. who are you bringing to the end you can't bring that other angry man remember him (laughs) which one what was his name are you talking about James? Yes. Yes, little little piercing man. We can't bring the little piercing man to the end. What are we going to do about it? <laughs> what if James hears this? And he hears me refer to him as little piercing man. Weep, little piercing man. It's not the same as it was at the start. Xavier, it was not your fault, but mine. This was genuinely nice <laughs> and rewarding. And it was because we know Joe and because we know Ellie. And when Joe says, I'm falling in love with you and I can feel it, I love it. I'm sure. like, I feel, I feel good about this. And when he says, I want to make you feel as incredible as you make me feel, I'm like, these are words. Mm. And that is the barometer. That is the bar for this season, using your words. And this man has managed it. I think that's true. I think I, in a way, had become invested in it not being Joe. Yeah. By the sheer narrative force of... Of it can't be Joe. Right. And so, therefore, I think I had shut myself off to a lot of this stuff. And while I was appreciating it, um, I was not... I don't think I was really contrasting it with Fraser. So that's, and I think yeah. that's another interesting structural thing of this season. Because there are two Bachelorettes, you are constantly ping-ponging between the two mm-hmm. seasons that are essentially playing out at the same time. And you are trying to remember what are the qualities that this contestant has yeah. that separate them from the other contestants within the pool of, you know, electable choices. Mm. But you're also trying to remember to not think about the other choices that are on the show, but are not eligible for that bachelor. For this narrative. Right. When it comes down to these four, okay, so you've got the two boys for Ellie and the two boys for Becky. For me, I think where. I, I laid my narrative eggs was in this idea that the show's not paid any credence to Becky yeah. as a character. So I'm invested in what's going on with Ellie by the sheer force of narrative, by the sheer force of the fact that she has gotten the screen time, that her story with Joe has been so prescient and the story with Fraser has been so absent and it may just be because he's not a very compelling television character. Can I float the theory? Float it. That now feels obvious. Mm. Even though it is baseless speculation. Blop, blop, blop. It's floating the surface. Here is my theory. They deliberately underserved Becky's narrative throughout the entire season in the edit because the relationship didn't last. Yeah. Yep. They didn't want you to get too invested the whole time. Yeah. Because they knew 
They lasted, was it like three days? Did I hear that? Yeah, it lasted three days. <sighs> That's rough. It's really rough. And so... So it's almost like we're saving Becky's feelings in a way of not getting too invested in what she's doing. A- aside from the fact that obviously all of this stuff was set up to fail in a number of ways. Like all of her dates were specifically less romantic and interesting. Right. Remember she had to sit on that bin and talk to the bald man? I will never forget when she sat on the fucking bin. I saw, I'm, I'm in a, a, a group on Facebook that's like Inner West, like chuck out you know, like save these things from landfill sort of things right, when okay. people put stuff out on the on the side of their road and they're like, you know, hey, if anyone wants this. I saw one of the very hard cases. No I don't know way. if it was specifically the one. The one but that I she mean, sat on? <laughs> it still had her butt print on it. <laughs> <laughs> she was wearing pants. She sat in paint before she sat on there. No, but I mean, like, it, it was the exact same, you know, the exact same size and type of thing. And I was like, this is literally trash. Right. They made her sit on something that someone is just throwing just directly onto the curb. And they're yeah. like, don't have any use for this right now because guess what? Right. Live music? Well, let's What not. is it? Do we have to? <laughs> mm, let's move on. Uh, before it gets too dark here on the Bachelor of Hearts podcast. And hey, it's I want to read nine. you all of the notes that I wrote about the Fraser Ellie date. Great. A date which I obviously remember. In all caps, it says, Fraser has a chain tattooed around his neck. <laughs> uh, how many more notes have you got? Zero. Okay. I was so, so taken by this. No, I have, I have some more. They... I remember this, actually. Is this yeah. the one where they go to the tracker? They go for, they go to the tracker and they, they get go in the tracker. And they go and sit in the boat. Wait, what is it? A bath. They get They get in the bath. Yep. They walk out in the middle of a paddock with, like, robes. Yep. Very culty sort of vibe. Uh-huh. And then is this also where Fraser goes, Hey, I just want to take another look at you. Yeah, this is the other bit where... um, So, basically, they're riding along in the tractor before they get in the <laughs> bath. Mm-hmm. And Fraser is just looking at her. And yep. his flirting body language is so bad. Like, on the footy day, I didn't... I've cut this out of the episode, but here, we're here talking about it. Mm-hmm. So... Do you remember um, the they try to set the cute stakes for the date? And it's like, well, if you can get past me, you have to... If you can't get past me, you have to give me a kiss. You know This what I happens mean? a lot. I think even... This rings a bell from Richie's season. Definitely. And so yeah. if you watch... I mean, but uh, Fraser exactly is the kind of Richie man who would do the same thing, where he like sort of sets one arm on the hip and... Sort of goes up like the little teapot here, and if you can't, you gotta give me a kiss. And it's just like it's the worst flirting. Yeah. Be uh, like the whole thing Here's is the about thing, his though. sexual magnetism, right? Is it they the can't worst? Keep their hands off each other. I agree with you, but also like, is it the worst flirting if it ended up working? Yeah, you're right. Um, I think that's results oriented. Um, I yes, <laughs> I mean that's true, but it's also like we don't know. One of our primary criticisms of this season of TV yeah. is that we didn't learn anything new about Ellie. We didn't learn anything about Becky. At all. But, like, because we don't really know a huge amount about Ellie, maybe that's what she's looking for. I mean, she has a goofy, like, lackadaisical sort of energy. I think she flirting likes to her... because he's a blokey bloke. Right. Maybe this I think, is enough. Yeah. I think she has a different expectation different wants and needs mm. and 
you know, I'll give her credit for enjoying the teapot thing. So, the next thing that happens is that they get in a boat. And by boat, I mean bath. It's really not a boat. It's it's a bath boat. We should have a bath date sound effect, though. Absolutely, we should. <laughs> this is the millionth bath date from the Batchy franchise. We have seen mm. so many of them over the years. It's, in fact, the same bath. Osha tweets about it every time it happens. Here's the thing about the baths. I think... The Bachelor franchise has decided the bathtub is a meme. I think they are forcing it onto us. I think they decided that the original bathtub moment was more iconic than it was. Uh huh. And by repeating it, by bringing it up again, by using the same bathtub and then being like, collecting those free tweets from people being like, hey, is that the it's same the bathtub? Hope somebody cleaned it. <laughs> I've made plenty of those jokes. I'm the hack that I'm complaining you are the about. Hack. And I'm sitting here on my Bachelor podcast giving them the free publicity yet again. Here it is. But it's like, I don't think the bath thing is actually that good. This is my stinking hot take. I think the bath thing is fine. <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> they get in the bath. It's fine. Ellie's like, Use your words, phrase, and he's like, I'm not very good at that, but I'll give it a red hot crack. And then he sort of goes, You're all right. And she's like, Good enough for me. And that's here's, it. Here's where I land on the bath thing. All right. Good. Thank I think you. they We've should just the be able to, I think they should just be able to get into a bath whenever they want. Fuck yeah. I don't think it should be the point of the date. Yep. I would like the date yep. to be more interesting. I would like more things to happen. I would like a bath to be available to them at a cocktail party if they want. Fuck yeah. And they've cracked it out. Like, they had the mud bath the thing mud bath? that Charlie yes. did. Yes. Like, it is clearly not off the menu. So, they should just have a hot tub, which I think they have in US Batchy. Unless Dial I'm, a bath. Dial a tub. Unless I'm, yeah. Yeah. Just leave it around. If, if the moment strikes, let's not even make it a big deal. Oh, my God. In fucking... <laughs> What's that show that we watched earlier this year? Remember in March when the pandemic the Bachelor? started? Bachelor. Listen to your heart. Listen to your heart. And they yeah. had the the hot tub in the house, and it was the, right. the source of so much tension and drama and hookups. It was perfect. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. Um, Do that As opposed show. to just the regular show. But like, yeah. Why aren't we focusing on? I know there's a new mansion next year. Oh, hello. Which I'm kind of excited about. But I'm just like, why can't we sort of open the narrative up so that it's not like structure? You know, this thing happens and then this thing happens and then we have the cocktail party and then we have the rosé. Mm, mm. Why don't we create like a more loose environment where everybody... What if there was a, like a version of the show yep. where maybe it's men and women? Okay. And they're kind of just like chilling out. Mixing and matching, yep. trying to figure out like who, like who likes each other, like what couples are going to work together. Oh, I love it! And like it's just a casual environment. They're not all dressed up in suits and gowns. Yep. You know, or maybe they are if they want to be. But it's they, like yeah, they, they, their choice. Maybe they're wearing like Hawaiian shirts or something. I think that's really cool. Okay, I would like to see a version of the show that feels a bit more, has a bit more of that flavor. What about this? They also have to get married without ever having met. <laughs> and also they're stuck on the island <laughs> At the end of every episode they have to vote on who gets to stay i love it i love it let's move on to becky and pete because god <laughs> that was that was just nothing with razor was it 
No. Uh, Becky says that she likes Pete because Pete has his shit together. Fun. Uh, And he's everything that she wants in a husband. Also fun. Uh, Mm -hmm. And now she's going to throw him out of a moving airplane to try and get him open up emotionally because he doesn't seem capable of it. He just lives in Adelaide and aims to make his business profitable so that he can look after his sick brother. Remember that? (laughs) I do remember that. Anyway, they jump out of a plane. It's fine. Becky tries to um, make the love heart symbol at one point mm-hmm. with her hands. Why is this happening at this point in the season? They've got nothing else to do. They've genuinely got nothing else to do. But it's like you actually don't have to do this kind of date here. Definitely you not. You can pocket that money. Yeah. <laughs> you can sit in a bath together. You know what I mean? Like, this is a weird one for me. Right. And-, and it's partially just my fear of heights manifesting in such a way that I'm just like, I don't even want to think about what this must be like for these people. Sure. But I'm also like, this is not actually creating much more of a connection. I get, obviously, it's this experiential thing. Uh-huh. And that you go through it together and that is, it brings out these endorphins and these feelings. And You're um, describing a cult. <laughs> I guess so, yeah. Uh, jumping out of things is a cult. Yeah. Right. Uh, but I'm just like, at this point in the competition, like, whatever this might have changed... Would would have been much more effective mm. and interesting to have happened earlier. Fully, and this changes nothing, right? What if she know. jumped out of a plane with Sag? No, Sag <sighs> w- w- didn't get past Perfect night one. Sag. I mean, Sag was wonderful, but like, okay, what if she jumped out of a plane with Bold Sam Shannon? Yeah, what she said in the post-show universe that we now live in is that her head choice was Pete and Mm. that her heart choice was Adrian and that she went with her head choice. And now allegedly, allegedly uh, based on the uh, friend of the show, Megan Pistetto's podcast. So dramatic uh, Becky and Adrian are now together. So good for them. Interesting. Yeah. That is interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Good guys. But Um, we end up here. I'm curious about also if we're just testing out hypothetical people to go on this date yeah, to jump out of the airplane. What if Jake had gone? Ellis? No. Jake from this season, who you remember from night oh, one. I remember him with the wings. Who was wearing wings. Yeah. Wouldn't that be a sight to see anyway? Yep. Go on. All right. <laughs> we get to this batchy couch and uh, after all of this, Becky finds herself asking... Does Pete really like me? Which is a good sign. Yeah, really good. I think you should pick him. And also speaks to the editing, right? Like, they're right. not including this unless the, the thing's falling apart, don't you think? Mm. Mm. Um, he asks, she asks Pete what is going on in his head and says, I just want to know how you feel. We're at our last date, but I feel like you're holding back a little bit. And the signs are there for this to fall apart, yeah. right? Yeah, I think so. I don't know if I necessarily picked up on it at the time. I could definitely tell by the end of the episode. For me, Pete was the winner. Pete was the Mm. clear winner, and this felt like they were trying to create some doubt in our minds that Pete might not be the winner. But actually, I think what they were trying to do with the benefit of a little bit of hindsight is just lay that groundwork for, like, it didn't work out, and here's why. Yeah. And so Pete says, yeah, it's a really difficult process. I absolutely have feelings for you, but what's blocking me is a bit of that past history stuff. 
I've noticed a habit in myself where I do like someone and then I find a reason to make it not work because I don't want to get hurt and I'm going to fly home to Adelaide in three days and break up with you over FaceTime. <sighs> the over FaceTime is not great. It's it's a poor move from our man Pete. Hmm. He says, I have no way of knowing if I'm ready or not, to be honest. I don't want to create a reason why not. And in confessional, Becky says that she thinks this isn't enough, which is fair. She's like, I wish it was more convincing. I don't know if he's ready for what I want and what I'm looking for. Why did you pick him? Yeah. Yeah, it is. I mean, when you hear it out of context, it is like, oh, geez. I know. Maybe you, like... Is it just fear of doing the badger thing and becoming a very unpopular person? I don't know. I don't know. It's all it's all bad. And I don't think that she's going to become an unpopular person if she doesn't choose someone. If anything, she has the most excuse out of any contestant not to choose anyone. Yeah, I think maybe you're right. Like, I think people would be on her side if she didn't pick one of them. Right. In a way that I don't think the, the honey badger would. Would. Because obviously a honey badger comes in with a lot of doubt and scrutiny because he is a famous person. Because he's and, that guy. Yeah, he's that guy. Yeah. And I think because of his persona, there's you can instantly dismiss him, I guess. And the show but, also created that image of like Brit and Brooke and Termaloaf of them being angels. Right. Yes. Being worthy of love. Yeah. Cass as well. I, I mean, Cass was a different story, but like all these women the sh- who the show went to extreme extents to validate, mm. whereas this, like the show's gone to no extent to validate any of these men. No. As romantic choices for Becky. I don't so, know, like, Sag. Oh, I wish. Samuel. Truly, truly, I wish. <laughs> that would have improved this season. I, I'm not going to keep harping on it, but. No, I'm, on, I'm, Truly only bringing them up because I have the screen of all of the men's <laughs> faces open in front of me. What I'm going to keep harping on is the ultimate messy date test. This is go. it. Adrian and Becky together in the mud somewhere in the bush. And they've muddled each other up. We often talk about the messy date being predictive of who the winner might be. Mm. This time it's with Adrian... Yeah, they're all that. muddy. He's not the winner. I tell you, they have a waterfall, and I was coming around to Adrian by the end of the season. It's almost enough to make you forget everything that we know about Adrian. Almost. And the almost. show's done a really good job of bringing him back from the brink of boys will be boysiness. Yeah, yeah. And the hat thing. And the hat thing. He like he says he's falling in love with her and he wants to like be his her to be his girl, okay, Jet. You know, like he even says like <laughs> I I can really see myself falling in love with you and then making out under a waterfall. It it was nice. I felt it was convincing. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remain unconvinced. I don't really remember it. I felt it was convincing in comparison, let me say that. Sure. Because Pete's there and he's like, yeah, yeah, no, it could happen. And Adrian's like, do you know what? Yes. I actually, as a 26-year-old man, might be into this. This is as good a shot as I'll get. Let's go. Yeah. It's like, okay, look, you're at least here. You you have strapped yourself in and prepared for the ride, and I'm okay with it. Mm. Mm. Um, By contrast, Robert... 
I tell you, not everybody loves Robert. He's not ready for the ride. <laughs> what if there was a Everybody Loves Raymond ride? Every, yeah. Okay. So how and does that park. work out? Um, you have the Ode to Joy theme song, the dun, 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 mm-hmm. dun, 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 and it breaks into the jazz music. Yeah, I feel like you have yeah. to reenact the intro. Where Thank you. It, yeah, yeah. At the end, your head gets patted. Yeah, I love that with the, like, a little the stuff coming through the mailbox. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's cute. That's cute. And like there are explosions behind Peter Boyle and the woman who plays Marie, whose name I've forgotten. I can't tell you the the amount of things I've forgotten about the TV show. Everything everybody loves Raymond, which I begrudgingly watched because it was on TV when I was a young person. Xavi, can I reveal to you a hot tip? Sure. Okay, I've got to get it up here in my browser. But I joined a Facebook group, mm-hmm. and it is called "Everybody Loves Raymond Obsessed," <laughs> and I did it. For the purpose of research for this episode, <laughs> there are ten thousand people in this group. Wow! Is, You'd think statistically I'd be one of them. You really do. It is the most absurd group that I have ever been a part of. I'm sharing screen <laughs> with you now. What can you see? <laughs> well, I can see a post you've made where you've asked best Deborah and Marie episode, <laughs> but you've misspelled Marie. <laughs> <laughs> and yet 30 people have commented There's all these people who've commented various things Oh my god Oh, it's so good Wow I Look, I keep scrolling and it doesn't stop going away Someone says I think when she was trying to prepare the turkey And slipped all over the place And just threw the turkey into the oven Now that's funny So many people have mentioned the episode That you talked about on this podcast It's so good Look, wow. there's there's all kinds of things. People do stupid caption this photos. Uh, None of this makes any sense to me. No, it is the most absurd group. It is just the brink of like boomer Facebook. And I am so... Do you think Deborah was frustrated with the Baroons or just nasty in general? <laughs> I love her character. Just curious. <laughs> and someone says, try living across the street from your in-laws. Let us know how you make out. <laughs> Hey, uh, you wouldn't be so happy about it, either, wise guy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Brad Garrett, let's stop. Let's stop share. This is the extent that I went to to do my research for this week, Xavier. I'm so proud of you, Max. Should we get to the fun stuff? Sure. Is there any? Yeah, it's where they all fall in love, remember? Oh, yeah. Okay, go for it. Okay, so here's what happens. Uh, Adrian? Nuh-uh. Pete? No. Big ding. Joe, uh-uh. and the way that this this works is like this is the closest that we've gotten to breaking character in a number of seasons, probably since the badge conclusion. Ellie's like, I need to do the right thing and let this man who I've described as practically perfect and will continue to describe as practically perfect go. Yeah, before go home. he stands out here on the platform, and instead I will choose Fraser, whose mum has banned him from leaving the state. Is Fraser's mum the fucking premier of Queensland? Does she, like, close the borders? <laughs> so I actually think this is interesting. I think yeah. this is the most interesting thing that happened on the on the TV this week. Me too. Is the, the send home before the thing. And obviously, I think it was overhyped. I think, like, this being a big twist, it's not real. The shock ending you'll never see coming. 
Right. Um, it's not that, like, but it's pretty good. It, it It's funny that that is a self-fulfilling prophecy in the sense that if you tell me I'll never see it coming, I will think of something more interesting than that and I will see <laughs> that coming instead. Yes. So I didn't see this, like, fairly normal, good, like, sort of humanist behavior um, that, you know, I, I liked it. It felt like it was the compassionate thing to do. Yeah. Um, it felt weirdly anti the TV show The Bachelorette in right. a way. Like... I mean, not incredibly subversive, but like denying the producers the chance to have their like moment of man crying. Yeah, exactly. I guess the show owes that to Ellie for her to be like, no, I'm got, we know each other. And because of the nature of their personal relationship, she's like, no, I have to do it this way. Mm. This is the way that it needs to be. And she goes and does it and they get a moment out of it. As much as Bella was a moment, you know, um, yeah. It was still the same amount of moment as Steph Crothers years ago being like, I can't believe I shaved my legs for this. Yes. I mean, that was a great moment. It was a great moment. And the same way Bella was like, Ugh, and she went completely cold and dead and she walked away. Yeah. This is a whole different thing because like, we get to watch the very human breakup that these two people have where Ellie's like, mm. I'm sorry, it's not you. I think that you're perfect and I think that you're amazing and I should pick you but I'm not going to pick you because for some reason I've chosen the other man who looks at me interesting. <laughs> I do also feel like this is, um, I don't necessarily think it's a good thing, but like, this is probably the most we see of these actual people. Right. And it felt the least like they were performing the, the, you know, role of being on TV. The and... role of Ellie and Joe. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was super nice and, as as much as a breakup can be nice, it was it was super nice to watch Joe be a a person about it and be like, okay, cool, I understand the relationship that we've had has informed the way that we've gotten to this point, and this is this is how we're living with this now. And hmm. in the same way, Ellie being like, look, yeah, I get it. This is fucking weird, and the subtext speaking louder than the text itself. I I felt it. In the same yeah. way that I felt it for their date. And in the yeah. same way that I wish that I felt it for her thing with Fraser. Because she goes to Fraser and she's like, Fraser, it's you. I love you. You know, I'm, she doesn't say I love you, but you get me. She's like, yeah. I really, I'm excited to build a future with you. And he's like, I, the same feel as you. Mm-hmm. And then later on, she gets together with Becky and Pete. And Fraze, and they're all standing around one of those big wine barrel sort of situations. Right. And Ellie gets This is all an emotional. interesting thing because it reveals that all of this was taking place on the same day, maybe? Yeah, I think so too. That I guess that's good behind the scenes insight that they've like used the same area for the same thing and Becky actually didn't have to do hers in some sort of ditch. Right. Uh, but like they're all together <laughs> and Ellie starts to get really emotional and she's crying and thinking about the experience that she's been on. And Becky's like, oh my God, Ellie, you all right? And Fraser turns to her and he looks at her and he's like, oh oh my God, I didn't even know she was crying. Uh." (sighs) That's rough. That's rough stuff. It's really not good. Five minutes in, bro. Yeah, dude, just keep it together while the cameras are still rolling, for fuck's sake. I don't know. I was was so underwhelmed. Yeah, not great, but you get the good moment, which they rightfully know to end on, which is the two sisters hugging each other. Right. And it is almost that thing that you predicted of them learning that the real 
<laughs> the real bachelorette was love all along or whatever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The the sisterhood of the traveling, what, f- France. I wish there was a good thing here. It's absolutely not France. I'm sorry. Hang on. Let me, let me, let me see if I can find a good one. Dance. Let me just Google. RhymeZone.com. Sisterhood of the Traveling at First Glance. Here we are on the Bachelor of Hearts podcast. You knew we'd bring it back in the end, and here we are, baby, <laughs> rounding the final bend. I sold that with so much confidence, <laughs> I don't think it's very good. <laughs> Look, uh, we've learned a lot this season. Here's what we've learned. Xavier, you go right ahead. Oh, thank you, Max, for that great introduction. <laughs> Um, I mean, how do I even how do I even begin to summarize my thoughts about this season? I didn't think it was very good, Max. Mm. Um, what I I mean, you know, I think we have done a great job this season. Maybe until <laughs> until now. Uh, I I um I I wish I remembered more about this season uh, and this finale episode because the fans and the Zave heads are very important to me. Um, but I don't know how much we will actually take away from this season. And I think as the time goes on and we keep doing this podcast, we will have to come to grips with the fact that not every season is going to be a banger. We won't necessarily have like a cool, fun little bow to tie around the ending of all of them. You know what I mean? I mean, you say that, but were you paying attention when this happened? Hey, Marie. <laughs> hey, it's me. I'm a mammoth. <laughs> Uh, I've just found out Patricia Heaton's a Republican. Burn the whole thing. Oh, Burn it all down. Not a good time for her. <sighs> Poor thing. Oh, dear. Maxie, thank you for joining me for another episode of the Bachelor of Hearts podcast. Xavier, I love this tradition that we've got of making the finale. Just boys. Yeah, just but I, either just boys or just like long nonsense. Just boys, just <laughs> long nonsense. I think nonsense. we've done in the past before. Is my favorite. Um, yeah, this is this has been wonderful. Um, I again, I'm very sorry uh, about it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, we're gonna find, as we said before, we're gonna find reasons to do podcasts um, between now and like what ten months from now or something. Christ, when who knows Bachelor when they're starts. gonna do this? They'll do it in May or something. Yeah, I have no idea. But um, what is that? But, yeah, that's too much time away. Six months? No, thank you. It's really not good. But I hope that you guys are well and happy and um, and. We love you a lot. Yeah. Um, truly, this podcast is like, I think we talked about it a little bit earlier, but it's like, you know, especially during these times, there's not been that much else going on. Oh, yeah. And it's been a huge creative outlet for me in the, in the last Absolutely. six months. Absolutely. Sure. I'm sure you've been able to tell in the amount of effort that we've put into certain episodes. <laughs> 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 um, 
but you know, I mean, it, it's really, it's a passion project and a labor of love for us. And we will continue to find um, the time for it. Uh, That's right. Probably until they cancel the show, right? Probably until they get rid of it. But look, these two country roses, <laughs> always hanging out in your barn. And That's if right. You love we got to get back in the dirt. You got to, you got to get onto that dirty podcast field. And drop us them them the, give us the full fist the five stars baby oh yeah that would be good I mean this is not the time to, for us to be promoting our podcast to new listeners while we're about to be very in- inactive for a while I guess but uh, it certainly wouldn't help it brightens our day if we can go in and look at the reviews and certainly wouldn't um, help oops <laughs> <laughs> I meant the other ah. one. Um, but you know if you want to keep up to date with what's going on with us um, we will be doing some stuff. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I'm not going to die if I can help it. Both same. So, yeah. Uh, come on by our social media at BOH Pod. We actually came here to make friends. I don't know if I mentioned that before. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also find us at the Bachelor of Hearts Osh posting group. I think that group will continue to be active in the time that we wait. Um, I don't maybe think it you will can, be dormant. You can help us figure out what to do. And like, if you want us to talk about... Another country's batchy. If you want us to talk about like old seasons, if you, you know, like we still like the show. <laughs> oh yeah. We're here for it. We're fully here for it. And we're, you know, um, it sounds like I'm eulogizing our podcast. We're not, we're not finishing it. It's just going to be a little while till the next episode. Um, come on by BOH pod on social media. You can find me everywhere. You find tweets. <laughs> <laughs> Xavier RN uh, and I'm on the other social medias and Twitch and stuff like that follow me on Twitch I might do some streams you can get me at Max Quinn until we next speak listeners we love you we love you goodbye running out of time making most of what's before me searching for a sign